tension no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Shall we pray? Almighty God, we are grateful unto you for this morning. We commit this service into your hands. We ask of your grace and your spirit to take over. We invite your presence to have absolute control. Touch our lives that we may never be the same again. Speak to us that we may understand. Instruct us that we may follow. Let our life never ever be the same again after today. And let a church be healed. And let our lives be healed. Reveal yourself in Jesus' name. I call it done. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Let me read something. I'm still doing the concluding part of what I started with you. Flourishing in the house of God. Flourishing in the house of God. I'm doing the concluding part this morning. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 going says that this was written by Paul to the church of Ephesus. Just like the church of Yahweh Temple, ICGC. Ephesus, a book of Ephesians was a church. It's a city, Ephesians, but it was writing to the church in Ephesus. And he says that, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places through Christ. Whenever you find yourself in the house of the Lord, you should know that you have been blessed. The house of God is a place of blessing. And anywhere God's blessing is for you there, that is where the enemy will also like to rob you of that blessing. The whole essence of flourishing in God's house is for you to understand what you stand to gain in God's house and what you stand to lose when you don't know why you are in church. Because if you don't know why you are in church, somebody will give you a definition of why you are in church. But if you know why you are in church, you will be able to maximize the blessings that you need to get out of the place. It's very important. If you don't know why you went to school, you will go to the school and somebody will teach you what to do. That is why people go to school and they end up becoming armed robbers instead of going to learn. Some end up becoming smokers and becoming drug addicts. That's yet that same school. Others go also and graduate and become engineers and doctors and do great things in their life. It is not about the school. It's about your understanding of why you are going to that place. In the same vein, the church, as my wife will always describe, is called the Noah's Ark. And the Noah's Ark of the church, you have the termite, you have the ant, you have the snake, you have everything. They are only dwelling together because of the grace of God. So don't let us deceive ourselves that the church is, is, is a place of saints. It's not a place of saints. There are wolves in sheep clothing. There are thieves, there are robbers, there are good people, there are bad people. There are people who come in to divide, there are people who come to build. But you as an individual should always know why you are in church. Because if you don't understand the purpose for why you are somewhere, abuse is inevitable. So get it straight. Because there is a blessing and anywhere your blessing is, somebody would like to venture in to destroy it. So you have to beware. And you have to open your eyes and understand. Because he said, blessed be the God 
and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So, we are being blessed in the house of the Lord. So, I come to God's house to be blessed. That it should be your understanding. I said, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The next thing you have to understand is that it's not only that we have been blessed, but we are also chosen in him before the foundations of the earth. In other words, it is a high privilege for you and I to find ourselves in church. What it means is that there are others who could have been in church, but they are not here. But you and I have had the privilege of being selected specially to be in church. So coming to church or being in the house of God is a higher privilege. That is one thing you should know. It's a high privilege. And that privilege did not come when our mother gave birth to us. That privilege came before even our father met our mother. And pregnancy ensued and a child was born. That privilege came way back before we started class one or got to wherever we are. That privilege came long ago. But God prepared a place so that we can get in there to receive that blessing. Get it right. When you read a book of uh, uh, Maurice Cerullo about Maurice Cerullo's vision, how many of you have read that book? Maurice Cerullo, reason why he came, Maurice Cerullo was actually raised in an orphanage. And he says when the Lord was dealing with him at a tender age, God opened his eyes to understand the reason and the cause. That is why he was passing for souls. That as long as he was disobeying the call of God, people were entering into hell. So, you are not here by accident. You were here because we are divine partners that have been connected together. So, the very day I became obedient and responded to the call of God and I availed myself, you were released. So, we were chosen before the foundations of the earth. So, get it right so that you don't let anybody steal that opportunity from you. Before the foundation of the earth, we should be what? Holy. So, holiness is a state. That we are already. We are not trying to be. To be holy and without what? Blame before him in what? In love. Five. Having predestined us. To pre is to backdate or to start before. Destiny. So before even destiny began. Before life began in our mother's womb. Before life began on earth. We are already have been adopted. As sons by Jesus Christ. Do you understand it now? So your salvation and my salvation was not accident. Before we were born, God has ordained that we will be saved. That is why I can stand here boldly today that I'm not a Muslim, but I'm a Christian. Because my being a Christian was backdated before life began. But by God's orchestration, I need to be born by somebody. You see, you and I coming through our mothers are only a channel or avenue for us to step on this earth. But the ultimate assignment was by God. It was not from our parents. Get it right. That is why your father and my father and my mother and your mother does not know who will you be. There are some of you, your parents call you stupid. You are not good. You are good for nothing. But today, you are the one that feeds them. Because it is not what they were saying. It is what God has deposited in you. So that is why the only person that can fail is not your parent, it is yourself. If you and I, as we are, if we don't work on ourselves, we'll fail. But when we work on ourselves, we'll become. 
Because destiny was placed in us and not in the hands of our parents. Our parents only acted as facilitators to ensure that which God has deposited in us becomes manifest. But the only one that can abort his or her dream is you or I. Nobody can abort it. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's important. If you enter into a school and decide to follow the bad boys in school, you will never graduate. You go to school, you meet some people who have been there so long, they can tell you everything about the lecturers that are there. But they have been in the university for almost 10 years and they have never graduated. So in the same thing in the house of the Lord, for the fact that you you have been a Christian for a long time, it's not a guarantee that you are matured. Tell somebody flourishing in the house of God. Here, we teach practical message. Because tomorrow, I don't want you to stand anywhere and say, I have served God, I'm not seeing anything. You will never see anything until you change your attitude. Because God is not a father Christmas. Tell someone and tell God is not father Christmas. He is a God of principles. That is how he does his things. So anytime you read through the Bible, and God will never lower the standard because it is you. He has never lowered it in the days of Abraham. How much more in our days today? Even Jesus, Bible said that even though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. So even he who is God in the flesh have to go through the mail. How much more me and you? Now you expect that because it is me, God should lower the standard. No. But the truth is that Paul said, he said, I have taught the total gospel that your blood will not be on my head. On the day of accountability, when I stand before God, and God asks me, God will know I taught you. So my assignment as a call of God or pastor is to teach you the total gospel. And that is what I'm doing. Irrespective of how you look at it, I have to teach you the total gospel so that tomorrow you will not have an excuse before the Lord. And he says that we are being predestined to, to what? As adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. If you watch the church today, universal, irresponsibility is going on so much in the church. We have turned the church as dens of thieves instead of the place of worship and prayer. And, and, and we, have, we have made the church to look like the church does not have salt anymore. The reason is that the people go into the church and still come out of the church and the society is going bad. However, the church was made as an agent of change in society. Because we are not taught the truth. I tell you, your nose will grow and you believe your nose is going to grow. Without your responsibility. I tell you, God is going to prosper you without you understanding that the prosperity is linked to your obedience and to your steadiness to grow to that level. So we hide under the guise of I receive to the extreme of what irresponsibility. And throughout, not only in our temple, but throughout the universal church, there is an error that has entered in that makes us think that I can live anyhow and still God can bless me. So the house of the Lord that is supposed to be a place to build up has been turned into a place of devouring one another. Because why? Whenever purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. 
Because we don't know why we are in church. A lot of us come to church because we think I belong somewhere. I was born into the church. I was born a Catholic. I was born a Presbyterian. I was born this. I was born that. It is good to be born into it. But when you are born into it, you should know why you are there. Because life is about investments. So we were predestined. We were not just evolved. We did not evolve. We are not the product of evolution or we are not the result of a big bang. We were thought out and planned by God before everything began. And he says that according to the good pleasure of his will. So it is the will of God that we exist. It was not the will of any man. That is why no man can kill you or take you out of the world if you know you are in Christ. Because your existence and your destiny and your purpose was tied to the will of God. It was when God said yes, then you became. You are not clapping because we are guilty. Your understanding and my understanding of serving God with fervency is based on what we are going to get. You see, man is motivated by results. Not by failure. So your motivation is derived for, from the results you are going to get. You study in school because you want a certificate. That is why you study. If there is no certificate, you will not study. So don't get up in the morning and take your back to come to church when you don't know what you are getting out of church. You are wasting your time. Find somewhere and go and sit in the disco or under a, a, a tree and play dummy and drink some beer and go to sleep. But when you take your Bible and said you are coming to church, you should know why you are coming. Because the time you are spending in God's presence should be profitable to you. God is not a waster. God is a profit-making person. He said, in him, we have redemption through his blood. Redemption is to buy back. So you and I, by the blood of Jesus, we are redeemed. This morning, we are going to eat communion. It's a sign for you to know that is the only place. You don't eat the communion in disco or anywhere. You eat it in the house of the Lord. Because why? It's a sign to know that we are being what? Redeemed. Say redeemed. So if I am redeemed, I carry the power of redemption in me. There is nothing that can stop me from becoming what God wants me to be. And that is your benefit in the house of the Lord. So Bible says, the songwriter says, let the redeem of the Lord say so. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. This is the anthem of ICGC. Those of you who have been in ICGC, you know this is our anthem. It's important for you to know you are redeemed. And when you are redeemed, you are no more bound. But a lot of us are walking as if we are bound. We are afraid of witches. We are afraid of wizards. We are afraid of cockroaches. We are afraid of ants. We are afraid of everything. However, in redemption, Bible says that we'll trample upon serpents and scorpions and over every power of the enemy. The reason why you are in church and you are afraid of the demon is because you don't know why you are saved in the first place. This message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu, get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. 
the mystery of greatness at thy word church membership the blueprint of marriage and any other ministry product of his you can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading reverend ismaila awudu's app from the app store or google play store you can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the icgc yahweh temple otinshi american house last stop is legon reach us on telephone plus 233-277-250420 or plus 233-249-393361 email us revismila at gmail.com visit our website icgcislegon.com grab your copies now and experience a change in your life welcome back When somebody says, you will see, you'll be shaking right now. You will look for 20 and 30 prophets to lay hands and their shoes on you, make you drink water that you are not ready to drink. Because you are scared. You sleep and wake up out of sleep and see a dream. That dream alone will haunt the rest of your day. But if you know you are redeemed as a child of God, you stand in the authority of Christ and bind and change everything because what God has not decreed concerning your life does not stand. It's about time the church has to stop being babysitting and enter into eating real bones. The babysitting is too much. Christians of today want to be pampered because we don't know what we are looking for. You see, when you pamper a child, a child becomes a spoiled child. And spoiled child can weary on themselves and, and poo on themselves even when they are of age because they know mommy will come and clean it. And that is the kind of believers we are having all over the world. God is not coming, so I weary on myself. He, I know the food is there but mommy is not coming to give me the food so I'm sitting there and I'm angry but I'm not going to eat I want somebody to bring me the food to eat that is the kind of Christianity we are finding now tell me if it's not true so every time I'm not attending the church again I'm going another way that is a problem we are not maturing we are still babies because we don't know what we are looking for In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Our sins has been forgiven. So I don't walk with guilt. A lot of you today, you are sitting and listening to me. You are carrying guilt of 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, 3 years. And you still think that sin is following you. When we say pray right now, you will stop praying and you will ask God forgive me. God forgive me. God forgive me. Every time God should forgive you. When will you forgive yourself? So somebody look at you and tell you that it's because of the sin you have done. That is why you are walking through what you are walking through. And you also believe. Because you cannot forgive yourself. We were forgiven before sin even came. And the sin that we had is because according to the riches of his grace, his grace was so much, his grace cannot be quantified. His grace was made provided for you and I because he knew and he knew and he knew and he knew that when we were born and we live as men, we'll have short falls. So he made his grace available. There are some of us who stand to the one and ask you, can you make heaven? You'll be scratching your head. You are not sure. Today, today, if you should close your eyes, we'll go to heaven. Ask somebody, are you really sure? Sometimes they will tell you they are sure, but they are lying. 
I'm telling you. Because we don't really know what we are standing. There are a lot of people when the rubber meets the road, we don't even know whether we are true converted or we are not even converted. Are we learning here? So his grace of forgiveness was made available irrespective of our tribe, language, tongue, personality, whoever we think we are. When when the disco jumping, he has already made provision for our forgiveness. So when we got saved, he's not referring us to it again. He has set us free because he has paid those prices and cleaned the slate clean until we accepted so it is not when we receive Christ before our sins were forgiven. We were forgiven long ago. He was only waiting for us to manifest it. Yeah. Salvation is the manifestation of the grace of forgiveness which God preordained before the foundations of the earth. That is why I said whosoever. So the very day I realized that I am coming to him, my provision is already made. So immediately I might be wearing it just like picture me like I am wearing a dirty cloth. But there is a nice cloth hanging there for me. So the day I got up and said, I don't like this cloth again and remove it, I entered in and took a new cloth. So I appear now from the closet with a new garment. And that is because the garment is now not going to be sewn. When I decided to change my dress, it has already been sewn and it's hanging. It's waiting for my obedience to go and take it and wear. So the day I became obedient, I walked in and removed this one and wear a new one. That is salvation. So grace of our forgiveness is already there before we even became. Before we even became. So it is not... That when I was a sinner and then when I decided to be saved then when I got saved then I became new no no you were new already you see God created us from a position of perfection but the world distorted us and salvation is restoration of that perfection so I am not trying to be saved I am saved I am not trying to be holy. I am holy. Because holiness is not ritualistic. Holiness is not about do's and don'ts. Holiness is a state in Christ. Because it's our sanctifier. That is why Christianity is not about me trying to numb myself, close my eyes, pinch myself, try to conform. No, 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 no. It's a grace. And we're learning something here. So there is a blessing I need to receive from the house of the Lord. That is why we preach. Not to tell you that your head is going to be bigger. Your leg is going to be short. Your, your hand is going to be tall. But the key thing of the church according to Ephesians chapter 4 is to equip you and I. The primary responsibility of every believer the day you were born again, you were already a minister. All of us are called by our salvation. But out of the callings, we have offices. That is why we have the pastor. We have the apostle. We have the evangelist. We have the teacher. What do they do? They are supposed to equip you. So what I am doing now is that I am equipping you to equip, to give you the needed tools to run with it. Forgiveness of us according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us. In all wisdom and prudence, he made it to abound. That means he has made it available already. And verse 9 says, having made known to us the mystery of his will. 
So nobody understands the mind of God than we. But the question I want to ask you this morning, do you know the mind of God for your life? According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, the word there is not present, is past. He decided this long before time. That is why we don't surprise God. You think Adam and Eve surprised God? You are joking. <laughs> that in the dispensation, seasons, times, errors, whether the medieval time, the primitive time, the uh, uh, French Revolution time, or advancement time, whatever time, or technological time like we are having now, or, or whatever time, whatever time or dispensation you are talking of, he made provision for it. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, of the fullness of what? Times. He might gather together in one all things in Christ. Today, are we not gathered together? The person sitting next to you might not be from your tribe, but you are sitting with the person. Are you understanding me? So, he cut across dispensations and times. When he talk of dispensation, dispensations are errors. Are you getting my point? We started first from the, from the uh, what do you call it, the primitive age where people used stones and were wearing, were not wearing anything and all that. And we grew there to the knowledge level where people now begin to sort things and wear and all that. We have moved on to this time. And even in our days of technology and advancement and paperless world, still God is ruling because he has made those provisions long before time that he know there will be transitions, there will be dispensations, there will be time where we'll take aeroplanes and we'll not walk again. There will be time where we take bullet trains and will not walk again. He made all those transitions. So he allowed the judge, the judge Stevens to discover the trains. He allowed the Wright brothers to come out with aeroplane. He allowed the, the, allowed the Curies to come out with medicine. He allowed all these things and then as a new things to discover all the and postulate all the laws and every system in place. He allowed all that because why? He know there are dispensations. There are these messages. So there is nothing that is happening that God did not institute it before time. There are dispensations. And that is who you are in the church. To know errors and times. Together in one things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are or what? On earth in him. Whatever dispensation changes even in heaven, he has already created it. Changes that will take place until it comes on earth. He's already created it. So there is no change or dispensation that he doesn't know. He said, in him also, we have obtained an inheritance. Tell somebody you have an inheritance. You see, in Christ, in the house of God, you have an inheritance. You and I are not orphans. That is why the psalmist said that my father and my mother will forsake me, but the Lord shall not forsake me. And he went further to say that he said, he said, the young lion shall lack. But they that know the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And he went further to say that he said, I was old, but now I was young, but now I am old. I have not seen the writers forsaking or begging for bread. Because why? There is provision made enough to take care of our lives before we were born. But in Christ, I have an inheritance. Are you understanding me? 
So I will not go. That is why if you're a child of God and you're in the house of law, you don't go fighting family properties. Some old dilapidated house that is breaking down, that you are killing one another. And a believer will even go to a juju man and forget he's a Christian. He said, I will show you where power lies because of a rickety car that even when he's packing, he's checking. You want to kill to have that car. Living in your father's house and your mother's house and anybody that wants to come, you want to fight the people. Because you think that is your inheritance. We have an inheritance. And when you know it, you don't become covetous in life. Me in my life, I don't care what you drive. I tell my staff, if you can drive Jaguar, that is up to you. I don't have a problem. If you like wear whatever you want to wear, I will be celebrating you. You know why? Because I know what I have. I have an inheritance in God. So I don't compete with anyone. I don't, listen, listen. I don't, I don't force to be. I am myself. And I move in my strength. I don't impress anybody. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm not that type. I will not impress anybody. I do what God wants me to do. Because I have an inheritance. If you don't have an inheritance, you compete. You see people doing this and you are jittering. You also want to do it to prove. I will not do anything to prove to anybody. Know why you are in church. You have an inheritance. You are not poor the way you think you are poor. Poverty is a mentality, it's a thinking. The day you change your thinking, that poverty will leave you. Africans, we only know of receiving, we don't know of creating. And that is a state we need to change because we have an inheritance. A Jewish man had a simple principle that God told him, his father Abraham, that he has a covenant with him and has blessed him. Every Jew anyway, he doesn't believe in Jesus as his Lord and Pastor, but he believes that Abraham is, is receiving Abraham's blessings. And Bibles here tells you and I that Abraham's, we are Abraham's children and we have Abraham's blessings, but you and I don't believe that we have that blessing. And they believe it and they carry only a portmote. They don't even have sometimes, they only have their visa. They enter into a place and anytime they step there because they have told them that anywhere your feet steps, you shall possess. Anywhere they enter, they take control. And you, the spiritual Jew, you sit down, you go to a place that you are sitting there and you are scared of the people. You determine what should take place in your office. Are we learning something? Be destined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. And I like the 40. He said, who is the guarantee? He said, 30. He said, in him also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. Like I'm preaching here, sweating. In whom also having believed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So immediately you received the word and gave your life to Christ. He says, I have welcomed you home. But for you to know that you belong to me, I put a seal on you. Tell somebody sitting by you, you don't see, but I have a seal. (laughs) It's a mark of ownership. Because anybody or anywhere you belong, there's a, a mark on you. That is why somebody manufactures the BMW and put the BMW seal on it to let you know that he owns that car. See, in the same way, when you and I change our clothes and accepted Christ, which he has already predestined for us by his grace, immediately we came, he welcomed us by putting a seal on us. It's not only the 666. 
We are all familiar with the 666 and we are not familiar of the seal of the Holy Spirit. That is why, have you ever entered into a place where the people don't know you, that all of a sudden they get G3 and they are, they, they are angry with you? Have you had that experience before? Because they see your seal, that you are the marked one for the Lord. But you don't know it. And so you go fighting. That's what the Bible says. We rest not against flesh and blood. Because we carry a seal. And for our seal of markmanship or ownership. You've heard about the rapture. That I said that when the rapture comes. And some people will be left. And some people will be taken. The people that are taken are those who have the mark of the seal of God. Which is the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. There are people who are in church and they have not received Christ as a Lord, a personal savior. They just fake it and play churchy. But they don't have a relationship with Christ. When you have a relationship with Christ, you have a seal. And that seal is the magnetic pool. When the Lord appears in the sky, he is not going to pick anybody. All that he's going to do is that to identify his people among the Lord. He appears there and the seal will connect to his seal. And your seal will connect to his seal. And your seal, so as your seal is connected, you are being carried on. So long before technology, he has already manufactured that chip. The chip is already here in our head. And that is how the rapture is going to operate. Let those who know the Lord, their God, depart from iniquity. Tell somebody you have a seal. Don't choke with yourself. You see, you are walking as if you are ordinary. You are not ordinary. In the courtly kingdom, they have a seal. When they meet each other, they talk by their eyes. They know who they are. In the witchcraft kingdom, they have their seal of identification. When a witch from Papasu comes to Accra and meets with a witch from Nyanyanu or whatever, immediately they meet themselves, they know already. When you go and pick a witch into your home, another witch that is there, when another witch entered, they know they might be fighting each other, but they know themselves. They connect with their eyes because they see the seal. Ah, this one belongs to me. They know it. When armed robbers meet, you know armed robbers operating gangs. When they meet themselves, they do. Hello. Tell somebody, know why you come to church. So we have a seal. I don't just walk anyhow. I have a seal. You have a seal. He has a seal. She has a seal. So when we meet, we also talk to ourselves. Because spirit speaks with spirit. So I know this is my body body. In the Lord. Are you understanding me? Have you met somebody that says, ah, your face looks like I know you somewhere. But it's not able to place. You know why he may know you? He knows you in the spirit. Because we know no man after the flesh. There are goodies in God's house. Last week I was giving you seven things. Seven ways that you were a blessing to your church. I ended at four. And I'm taking the four quickly. The four says that be part of the solution. If you want to follow, go and buy the CDs. Amen. Be part of the solution, not the problem. If you want to be blessed from the church, be part of the solution of the church and not, and not don't create a problem. Every church needs a solution. You will be remembered either for the problems you help to create or the problems you help to solve. Wherever you go, you are either creating problems or solving problems. What identifies a problem creator or a problem solver is not whether they are carrying water or petrol. 
it is which bucket they apply to which kind of fire. Hello? And the fire will be there, whether good or bad. He says sometimes the fire is a good fire. When God is doing a great thing in the church, never complain about anything unless you have a suggestion for improving it and you are willing to volunteer. Can I say it again? Never complain about anything until you have a suggestion to improve it and you are ready to volunteer. If you are not ready to volunteer and you don't have a suggestion to serve, shut up. Tell somebody, shut up. Because you are in the house of the Lord to provide solution and not to talk. So it depends on the bucket you are using. Some people have a serious bucket. Point number five. Be faithful to follow through commitments. Be faithful to follow through commitments. When you make a promise, keep your promise. When you give your word, stand by your word. When a responsibility is committed to you, people's lives and destinies have been placed in your hands. So don't joke with it. And when you deliver somebody, and when you deliver somebody is blessed, when you are unfaithful, there is a loss. In kingdom business, loss and profit is not measured in pounds or in dollars or in cities. It is measured in souls. Tell someone it is measured in souls. In other words, your attitude that made somebody got bitter and ran out of the church, you've lost a soul. That is a loss. Your attitude that made somebody to stay in church, you save the person to stay in church and to move on serving God is a profit to the church. So ask somebody, what profit are you making? Are you making profit or losses? Balance your account. Your profit and loss account. Balance it and see. Whether you have surplus or you have deficit. Six. Invite and bring people to the church. Invite and bring people to what? The church. There is a difference between the two. And it is where the responsibility lies. That is invitation and bringing to church. When you invite somebody to church... The responsibility for coming to church is on them. When you invite somebody to church, the responsibility is on them to come. You don't force them. Is that right? Okay. But when you bring someone to church, you have taken the responsibility from their hands and you have put it on yourself. Can I repeat again? I will end here. When you invite somebody, oh, I'm inviting you to my church. Invitation is my response, isn't it? But when he decides to honor the invitation, he comes by himself for your invitation. And the people who even invite people to church and they themselves will not come to church. And the people come to church after church and they meet them and said, oh, I said, oh, this man invited me. But when I came, he's not even here. They are looking for the person. They can't find him. You invited a person and you are not here. So when you invite a person and the person eventually comes, the responsibility of keeping the person in church lies on you. So if you are not able to keep the person in church and the person goes out, you have brought loss to the kingdom and not a prophet. And that is what God is going to charge you with. The accountants are here. Tell me, when you take in 
you charge it either on whether left or right. You know the account already. Debit and credit. So what are you debiting and what are you crediting? Hello? So that is it. So ask somebody, what responsibility do you have in the house of God? Who are you keeping in the house of God? Who did you invite and you have not worked on? You didn't even follow up to even check whether the person invited even came to church. You meet the person and say, ah, so you invited me and I say, oh, you see, Charlie. There are people you would invite to church who cannot go by themselves. They are not physically handicapped, but are spiritually handicapped. The devil will throw all sorts of things at the person to distract him or her from coming to church. So you take the initiative away from them by calling them a day or night before to remind them that they are coming to church with you. Then on Sunday morning, call them to wake up and pick them up to church. That is what you do. You don't leave them. You follow up with them. How many of you are are doing that? See, the house is quiet. Say flourishing in the house of God. You get blessed by that. One of the greatest points of my service, reach out to others in church. Reach out to others in church. One of the greatest ways to find joy, satisfaction and fulfillment is to forget about your own issues and reach out to people. In the midst of our exuberant praise and shout, there are people who are hurting inside. But there is somebody sitting by you who is hurting inside. Your word alone will encourage the person. It's not about money. That's why deliberately we say, shake one another. Tell this person this. Somebody you might not know, the smile you're smiling to the person is what is healing the person. It's not the message that is going to be preached. But when he says, say to one another, excuse your face. I will never forget as a young believer when I got into the house of the Lord from Islam. We went to church. He said, hold hands and let's pray. Somebody put handkerchief in his hands to hold my hands because he thinks my hand is stinky. Oh yeah. He's in church. Where people feel you are not their class. Church is not about class. It's about relationship. It's not about class. So many years ago, I faced it, but I don't mind. It's not about class. Because you see, if it's about class segregation, then Jesus would have allowed the Jewish system to be there. It's not about class. It's about relationship. There are people they can usher you, sit somewhere. And I've seen it, you see, before we became a pastor, we were congregation members. So don't let us think that I am talking about you. No, 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 no. We sat in church. We were in church before God saw us. If you said you are called by God, immediately you get saved. You have to go through preparation. You have to be broken through a process. There is a subjective call. Subjective is that you alone heard it. Nobody heard it. When I said God has called me, nobody was there. Were you there? So that is the subjective. It is, it is debatable. You are not there. You, I can say God called me. You can say God did not call me. How can I prove it? So in the subjective, you keep, you keep it. 
then over a period you are serving in God's house you are an usher, you are a cleaner you are an intercessor, you are a media person you are doing whatever it is all the things in the house of the Lord you are doing it then there is a prophetic confirmation when you are serving the pastor you are serving under will identify the gift in you that is a grace God has given us so he identifies and he said, that look you have a call of God and sometimes you'll be afraid to even say yes you see, anybody you see who is eager to tell you his call is going on, watch him first. Because through calling, you run away from it. Chapter through scripture. Because the thing is not business. It's life. You can die if God really did not call you and you force yourself to come in. Because the road, believe you me, ask every true man of God thousand and ten times they have considered quitting. We quit all the time and God brings us back. So the, jo- the road is not as sweet as seeing me holding a microphone or driving a nice car and you'll be jealous. No, 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 no. It's more than that. Do you know what I fought with in the night before the day? So I said, there is a problem here. So the pastor will identify your friends will identify. So now it's becoming public. Hello? Some of us, even mad men, were calling us pastors when we said we are not pastors. They will meet you and say, hey, pastor. And then you'll be looking around, whether he's talking to the next person, he said, whoa, 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 mad man. <laughs> so you go through all these things. Then eventually you get to the bubbling state. The bubbling state is when you are doing anything and it's not working. You are doing anything, it's not working. It's not the time for you to start and enter into ministry. That is the time you need to pray more. That is the time you need to study more. That is the time you need to serve more. That is the time you need to read more. You do all these things to a point, then you get to the breaking state. And the breaking state is when you give birth to whatever God has called you. So you begin to see your ministry. Now you'll be giving roles, assignments. You'll be giving roles, assignments. Then by the time you get there, you are not matured. So when you face challenges on the ground, you face a lion, you can stand before the lion. You are not afraid. That's why I can look at a demon face and say, you get out! And the demon will go out. I didn't just get out from my bedroom to come and cast out the demon. Hello? Are you here with me? So it's important for you to know. Now listen to me. This job is not Bible school. Tell someone, this job is not Bible school. Bible school does not produce a pastor. Can I receive, repeat it again? Bible schools does not produce a pastor. It's God that produces a, a pastor by his spirit. Look, the price you pay for this thing is like apprenticeship. But nowadays, what do we see? A lot of people say God has called them. You cannot challenge them. Hello? But whether they went through an apprenticeship. Jehoshaphat said, is there a prophet in the land? He said, there are prophets. He said, there is Elisha, the son of Shephat, who poured water on Elijah. He said, then the sure word of the Lord is in his mouth. You see, your calling is identified by your source. Show me your father and I will show you the calling you carry. Not just appearing and telling me there's an anointing on my head. Everybody can receive an anointing. But who do you submit to? 
Because in this thing called calling of God, you can err along. You see, there is a thin line between the spirit and the devil. It's just a thin line. In fact, it's so thinner than the string of your hair. So you might think it's God speaking to you. It's your spirit. It's not your. It's not God. It's your spirit. You, your soul can speak to you. Your spirit can speak to you. Before the spirit of God speaks to you. And the devil can also speak to you. Four voices. Which one do you take? So sometimes the things you say, and God said, it's not God said, it's emotions. You want to manufacture it to be. Hello, give me a ring. So it's important. There may be somebody sitting next to you who just need a word of encouragement. Be sensitive and pay attention to people. Reach out to others and, and show interest in them by helping them. When I say hold hands, if you are sensitive, when you shake somebody's hand, you know how the person is feeling. Hello? If, if you really care about people, when you see their face, you know they are troubled or they are happy. That's not the time you go bothering them with issues. But a lot of you are not sensitive. That person sits by you in church and the person is going through things. Church, we need to heal one another. That is why God made you sit by that person in church that day. It's not by accident. Because the following week, you will not sit there again. So you sat by the person. There might be something you need to contribute into his life. That is the time you are using your phone. There's some of you, when it rings, then you hold it like a crap. And that is when you be like, you are going to wee-wee. You are not going to wee-wee. You are just going to pick the call and talk. very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Awudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. My Lord with you, I know.